0: A girl's first period, or menarche, or menarchy as I've also heard it called, is the first opportunity to hit a reset button on a woman's health. We get three golden opportunities in our life to fundamentally shift our bodies, and crossing the threshold into womanhood is the first. In this week's episode, we will talk about how important it is to get a girl's menstrual life off on the right foot, to reduce period problems and fertility challenges later on. If you are a mother or a caregiver to a young lady who is on the
1: doorstep of this transition, you won't wanna miss this episode. Hi, I'm Adrienne Irizari. I'm an Eastern medicine practitioner who is passionate about women's health and helping women live their best lives. My goal is to put you in the driver's seat of your menstrual health, offering period solutions for a symptom-free life. Statements made in this program are for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitution for medical consultation or advice. We do not claim to diagnose, treat, or cure any diseases. This podcast is inclusive and welcomes all gender identities. The focus of the program is on biological function and we will use the term women throughout but it is referencing physiological and social challenges for biology, not identity. Come as you are, I am happy you're here and welcome all performances of identity. I hope you find something helpful in this show. Welcome
0: back to another episode of the Reproductive Rebel Podcast. I would highly recommend you go back and check out the episode that we had last week about the overview of the seven-year cycles, because it's going to set the tone for this week's episode. So this week's episode, we are looking at a girl's first period. Menarche, menarch, I've heard it referred both ways, but really we are talking about when a girl has her first period. So in Chinese medicine, they believe that this fire phase at age 14 is where a girl's period should start. And they remain in the fire phase until about 21 years of age. So what's going on during this time frame? Because I said 14. Now, healthy periods can start between 12 and 14. It can be a little older than that, but as you're getting closer to 16, signs of imbalance are are starting to present themselves, and I'd highly recommend taking them to a practitioner. It could be an acupuncturist or an herbalist. If you want to take them to an allopathic practitioner and have hormones tested, that is not a bad idea either, but, you know, 14 is that seven times two benchmark. So what happens during this phase? One of the reasons that this phase is so darn important is because we get three golden opportunities in a woman's life to influence health. One of them is the first period or menarche, okay? One of those golden opportunities. So we are talking about the first Of those three golden opportunities to influence your life, that's why this is so darn important. Okay, so this is a phase where young women, that the focus of the care of young women is on their kidney system. Now, when I say kidneys, I'm talking about TCM or Chinese medicine kidneys, right? They have energetic as well as physiological function. And so this is where maturation is starting to happen. The sea of blood connects at puberty. And this is where, you know, the period begins to happen. So we're seeing epidemic levels of girls who are starting between 9 and 11. And I believe this is happening for a variety of reasons. School is a really stressful place. For young ladies right now, there were some studies and their confidence level remains on par with young boys until right about the time their periods start and then their confidence level starts to go down and boys remain the same or increase. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with some of the conversations that we have around being a bleeding body. I don't know about you, but I felt a lot of shame around my period. And I know that there are a lot of women that felt that way as well. I talk to them all the time in my practice, actually. But I was one of those people that stuffed the pad up the sleeve of my shirt and like ran to the bathroom and i remember when i because i I started my period in the winter time so long sleeves was no big deal so by the time i got to the summer i was like how the heck am i going to discreetly get to the bathroom and that was like a whole stress point for me so girls start getting stressed out about stuff like this i am finding that this generation that's coming up right now is starting to talk about it a little more but there was a lot of hush hush prior to that. You know, there's a lot of clients that come into my practice that say things like, I learned about my period when my mom shoved a box of tampons through the door and essentially told me to figure it out. They learn information from friends. They get very little information in the school setting whatsoever. And so there's a lot of mystery around the period, what it's supposed to look like, how you're supposed to feel. We normalize problems with it, like cramps and Being emotional and all of these types of things, it doesn't mean that they are normal, though. It means that our culture normalizes them. And this age and stage, this is, you know, it's characterized by emotionality, it's characterized by new connections and experimentation and this search for excitement. And their jing is still developing. Okay. So this is like your fundamental essence, it's still developing. And So, you know, when people become sexually active before 21, it can damage or compromise this development process for teens. But yet they're in this phase of their life where they want to experiment, right, and find who they are. And and so it's hard in terms of communicating with your teen. It's difficult for them to navigate because You know, in their body, they know that something is happening and they know that there are times that they feel better than others and they're still trying to energetically keep up with the boys around them because they've always been able to do that. And now all of a sudden, they have different energetic demands in their system. I see it in young girls all the time where, you know, they're competing in sports and then all of a sudden, once menses starts, They're really shocked by the fact that, holy cow, I don't have any stamina like right before my period starts. And I feel like crap during my period, but then I go back into being able to keep up with them. Right. And so all of those kinds of things like kind of play with the mind a little bit. And because there's not a lot of understanding collectively in our culture, because we do a really poor job educating our young women about what's going on in their bodies and. It's very, very frustrating to me because I see parents who come in who are like, my daughter is passing out on the toilet from period pain. Like she's getting so much pain that she's just collapsing. And then, of course, they're upset and they want to do something about caring for their child. And, you know, the pill is the only thing that's offered oh my goodness, I could do a whole episode on the pill. Maybe I will at some point. But introducing the pill at this juncture is really detrimental for the developing female body because it leaches certain key nutrients out of the system. It changes the way the hypothalamus pituitary ovarian axis communicates with itself all during a time frame when the body is trying to figure all this communication system out. So the body is working on making sure that ovulation happens every month and all of these things, right? Because jing is still developing. The body is still developing. You're not quite there yet. It goes through this practice process and that practicing process can last up to five years. You don't start like ovulating and having proper menstruation like right out of the gate. There is a practice process. Sometimes cycles get elongated. Sometimes they are short and, you know, and it all depends on this communication process. Now interrupt that communication process with a medication that is designed to interrupt a healthy process in a body. And now you're throwing gas on the fire. And so when that girl comes off of the birth control later on in her life, because maybe she has got married and decided she wants to have a baby of her own. Her body has got to go through this whole incredibly huge process to regulate itself again. I've seen some people who go on birth control At 14, 15 years old, because of period problems, and their doctor says that it's to quote unquote regulate, and I'm using air quotes, folks, to regulate the cycle, it doesn't regulate anything. The pill does not regulate shit, and I cannot emphasize that enough. It interrupts a healthy hormone process in a body it does not regulate anything. The bleed that you get is a withdrawal bleed. It is programmed into this whole process. It is not a period. Period. (laughs) It is not a period. I cannot emphasize that enough. And I hear all the time in my practice, and again, this is maybe why I need to do an episode on this later on, but I hear this all the time because it's part of the rhetoric in our culture that, oh, I was put on the pill to regulate my cycle and now my periods are healthy. No, you are not having a period. You are not ovulating. It is not regulating anything. And then, you know, 10 years later, they are 23, 24 years old, 25 years old. They have gotten married. They want to try to have a baby. And now they're thinking there's something wrong with them as they come up with this medication to try to have a baby because, you know, they're told by their doctor, you go off of it a month and you can start trying. Well, ACOG's definition of being infertile or having fertility challenges is six months of unprotected sex with no success at conception. Well, holy crap. So that just sets people up for perceived failure It makes them start to panic that there's something wrong with their body and then they start going into the medicated part of the Western fertility model when maybe they just need to support getting their healthy cycle back online to conceive naturally just fine. So not to go way in the weeds about that, but I think it's really important because you know, there can be a lot of cramping and there can be a lot of symptoms with young girls as their periods start. Actually, I see it more often than not because You know, school is stressful. Our kids are over scheduled 90% of the time. We're running them here, there, and everywhere because some of it is that they're making new connections. They're looking for excitement. They're looking for new activities. They want to be social and, and interact with other people. Like this is all part of their development process, but they're so over scheduled that their nervous systems don't have any off time. And because of that, that Constrains their liver chi, it becomes stagnant and stagnant liver chi from stress, under resourced. You know, maybe their body's growing faster than they're getting certain things in, like all of those things come into play. And then they have cramps and their periods are erratic and they have issues. Well, that doesn't have to be the case. There are lots of ways with herbs and pelvic steaming and you know, working with certain dietary support, you know, girls don't have to suffer like that. They don't. I mean, goals for this life stage are supporting their circulation, supporting their nourishment and the conditions for menses to start in a healthy way and an appropriate time. It's not unsolvable. We just go to an allopathic practitioner for the soul and their answer is hormones because their toolkit is focused around surgical intervention and hormones it's not their fault i am not demonizing the western allopathic model i am just saying that at this stage of a young woman's life their toolkit is very limited in terms of what they can do to properly support the body during this time frame so you know teaching girls about what is going on in their body and how they can care for their body you can have a a Body literacy conversation that is age appropriate. You can start talking about these developmental changes at nine years old. You can. You absolutely can. You can break it down into an age appropriate conversation. Whenever we start talking about women's bodies, our culture, our Western culture assumes that it's going to be a sex conversation. And that's bullshit. I call bullshit. It does not have to be that. You can talk about, a changing body without bringing sex into it. And then as they get older and as they get closer to high school age, you have to bring that into the conversation. And I know that that's not going to be a super popular opinion because there are you know, certain conservative groups don't feel that that is appropriate. But here's the thing. A teenager, if you tell them no, they're going to do the opposite of what you're asking them to do. If you tell them no, that's exactly what they're going to go do. So why keep blinders on the horse? Because that's where you end up with teen pregnancies. If you teach them what's going on in their body as a biological process and how to care for their bleeding bodies in meaningful ways, the conversation about sex doesn't have to come until much later but it's really important to start talking about it early because then it doesn't have the detrimental effects on self-esteem the lack of education around menstruation at a younger age makes that first period really scary for a lot of girls because they they don't know what's happening and they panic because they think they're dying Like, how sad is that? Breaks or bleeds and early menses are becoming more and more common because their bodies are overstimulated and undernourished. Because the quality of food is really scary in some ways. So we have an incredible opportunity to educate. Because I truly, truly believe we could have an entire generation of young women that never know what cramps are if we just do our due diligence in teaching them about how to care for their bodies that they have to slow down a little bit during their periods that they need to stay warm and not wear the freaking belly shirts can we just talk about i did a tiktok a little while back and it was one of the the most popular ones i ever did about where's the rest of my shirt <laughs> This current fashion trend with the crop tops and the short shirts and all of this stuff, it's not cute. It's not because your abdomen gets cold. There is this belly band called a haramaki. It's Japanese and I wear one, even with the fact that I wear like the longer line tank tops quite often underneath like sweaters and shirts and stuff. But I'll still put a Haramaki over that to keep extra heat in my midsection when I'm on my bleeding days. It is critically important to keep your abdomen warm, whether you're bleeding or not. And you can reduce symptoms in a significant way just keeping your abdomen warm. So I beg you, like, if you are into the crop top and showing your belly and all of these other things, Layer, wear a cute cami or something like that underneath the shorter shirt. This is my solve for it. Check out that TikTok video. But every time I look around and I see teenagers that have those short shirts, I want to walk up to them and go, So, do you have period cramps? Here, this will fix it. <laughs> you know, I have girls that come into my practice who you know i i had one a couple of weeks ago who came into my practice and she walked in the door for an appointment about cramps that make her pass out with a crop top that barely came below the bottom of her rib cage wide open skin exposed and i'm like honey this is why you're having cramps this is what we can do about it and i know what i said was not super popular i could see it all over her face and yet you get to a point where you're miserable enough that you're willing to make those changes. So we have this incredible opportunity to educate this next generation so that they don't have to suffer the way that a lot of us did. Let's teach our girls. Let's teach that next generation. Empower them. They deserve to know and to start their bleeding lives off on the right foot. Whether you include any other modalities like acupuncture or acutonics or herbs or anything else, just simple lifestyle changes like making sure that you're getting to bed earlier on your bleeding days, making sure that your abdomen is covered, making sure that you're eating foods that are warm and easy to digest and not iced or frozen smoothies or swimming while you're bleeding, little things like that make lifelong changes that affect your fertility, that affect how you feel, that affect your quality of life. Like we have this super powerful opportunity to change the trajectory for young women that are coming into their bleeding years right now. So I hope that this was helpful. If you are a mom or a guardian to a young woman who is either newly in or coming into her bleeding years, I have all of that going on in my house right now. And, you know, body literacy education that is age appropriate is really where it's at. I have a course called Body Basics. It does not touch on sex it just talks about here are the phases in your cycle here's what you can do to support it the next phase after you have that very baseline information is not your mama's menstrual course it goes through how to energetically and food and nutrition and lifestyle wise care for each of these phases all throughout the month they are excellent places to start If you were worried about it, you watch it first, then show it to your young lady. But, you know, I do have plans to design a course specifically for young women. And I want to animate it so that, again, it's meeting them developmentally where they're at. But those two courses that I have in the Tao of Women Institute, body basics is the first one. You have to take that one to get into everything else. And then not your mama's menstrual course is the next step. And those two pieces together, every young woman should see them, experience them, learn this information, because it will change the way that the rest of their life unfolds for them. It will change the way that they feel about their body. They won't have the inner critic that tells them they're being lazy and all of these other things. They're going to know that, oh, This is the time that I just feel a little more tired and I need to take care of myself. Like it just it's so powerful to have this information and to be able to start from the very beginning. But if you're a little past that, that's okay. This is great information for anyone who's in their teens or early 20s. So if you are a parent that has somebody in that age and stage, I hope this show is helpful for you. Check out those courses, Body Basics and Not Your Mama's Menstrual Course. And please join us in the Facebook group, the Reproductive Rebel Podcast Listeners Group on Facebook. It's free. Chime into the conversation. Tell us what you think about this episode and how putting some of these tools to good use with your teen ends up showing up in their health all month long.
1: Thank you for joining me for another episode of Reproductive Rebel. Reproductive Rebel is recorded by certified peristeam hydrotherapist, herbalist, sound healer, and Chinese nutritional therapist Adrian Irizarry of Moon Essence LLC. If you are interested in setting up an appointment with Adrian for one-on-one support, ordering from our store, or checking out our course offerings, visit our website at moonessence.life. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to get insider information on upcoming events and offerings. Join the conversation. Like us and follow Moon Essence Me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Your voices make this program possible. Thank you all for your continued support.